so I watched this movie yesterday called Freaky. It's a um, Vince Vaughn body switching horror movie. So like, you know, the typical body switching premise where, you know, two um, very different people switch bodies and, you know, wacky hijinks ensue. Uh, the only difference here is that uh, it's Vince Vaughn, who's a insane murderer, like a Jason Voorhees type murderer, very aggressive and huge. And uh, he switches bodies with a high school girl, <laughs> like a little blonde high school girl. It's fantastic. It's so fun and uh, silly. The deaths are really good. Um, it starts right away. Like within the first, you know, six, seven minutes, there's, you know, four or five just brutal murders that are very fun and, you know, uh, over the top and campy. Um, but it's, it's done really well. It's handled well. It's not like, it's not constantly winking at the camera, which is often a problem, uh, with movies like this where it's like, yeah, it's a horror movie, but, uh, you know, there's, it's, everything is just kind of drenched in irony. Um, this is not that. So they, not that they play it completely straight it, it it walks a really fine line and it, it manages to do it uh rather well so i highly recommend it. it's super fun um he's great vince vaughn is fantastic you you kind of forget what his normal voice speaking voice and cadence is like as he's you know in the body of this young girl and then when he comes back at the end you're like oh wow it, it's good um it's interesting too, like, I don't want anybody to freak out when I, if I say this, not if I'm going to say this, but like, it's playing on a couple things. Like Vince Vaughn is obviously a huge man. He's a really big guy. And uh, so it plays on the fact that this young, uh, this young woman, this young girl all of a sudden has all of this strength and power and she doesn't feel small and helpless and like a victim. So, which is speaking, and it, and you know, it, it's speaking to, you know, the kind of like daily insecurity or fear or or a terror and or abuse that a lot of women uh, feel at the hands of larger men, and then you know she now has this power. Um, they don't, and it's not heavy-handed. They don't like you know, drive it into your head with a hammer or anything. But um, they touch on a little bit where she does say she feels powerful and, you know, she's been bullied forever. And so it, it touches on all of that. Um, but also the killer is now inside this young girl and they're using, like the killer is constantly, once he in her body realizes this power he has to use this girl's femininity to escape trouble. So like he'll kill people or whatever, and then cops will be there. But then he, the killer as the, as the girl will scream and say somebody else did it. And then the, it takes all the pressure off of her and the cops go attack whomever else. So it also speaks to that like predatory nature that a lot of women have too, but it's the opposite. And they don't have maybe the strength or physical size 
to dominate or intimidate or attack somebody, but they can still attack them with weapons or cause you know tremendous harm and then weaponize uh, their womanhood, their femininity to be like, oh, it, it can't be me. It's, you know, it's someone else. Um, I'm too small and little. So it's, it's weird. It's, it's playing on all these ideas about sexism and gender and, you know, look, I mean, I, I've, <laughs> my last three relationships were with legitimately insane women. Like, I'm not saying that as some kind of bitter ex, I'm not. Um, you know, a, a woman who pretended to have cancer and um, after she was overseas, pretended to get hit by a car and be in a coma and was like writing me letters as posing as her friends from different email addresses and, you know, carved a giant scar in her stomach to say that it was from a surgery in the hospital about cancer. Like, and then, you know, after that, a uh, 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 relationship where, you know, this woman pretended to have multiple personalities and, you know, was sexually abusive to me and incredibly uh, mentally abusive to me. And then afterwards cried the victim to everybody else, like after I left. Um, and to be fair, the way I left was not good, but you know, I was, had I been strong enough at the time to just leave, I would have left. I wasn't, ended up having an affair, it was super messy. Um, that, that's on me. But like she cried the victim to everybody else, like, and she literally says it, she said it to me once, like, why does everything bad always happen to me? Obviously she's a narcissist, right? And, and, and borderline. But cry the victim to everybody else. And so many people still to this day are like, yeah, how poor her, even though she's still like a legitimate villain. She attacks me, tries to ruin my relationship with my son. Like it's bad, but she weaponizes her, her, um, this, I mean, people have this idea that like a women are victims and certainly, certainly a lot are, are a lot of women are victimized. Um, but anyway, um, she weaponizes that. And then, you know, my girlfriend, bite me on my leg. Uh, after that, pathological and compulsive liar, like, you know, that th scene from Boondock Saints where the guy's like, I can't walk to the store to get a pack of smokes without running into seven, nine guys you fucked. You know, she's like one of those. Um, you know, and, and that, that girlfriend when you talk about like weaponizing that um, your sexuality or your yeah your sexuality or your gender or whatever your biological gender or whatever it is I guess it's just sexuality the terminology is complicated forgive me if I'm uh, incorrect in some terms it's, they're changing a lot it's, it can be a challenge to know exactly uh, the words to say but you know, uh, sexually, um, very, we were, you know, very experimental and, uh, adventurous. So like a lot of very, um, like rough sex. And, you know, if you're into that, it's fine. Obviously there's a tremendous level of maturity that you need, uh, to, uh, to be like that. 
because it, it's ultimate trust. Not only like, you know, sex anyway is always a vulnerable um, activity. You're, you're literally naked with somebody. You're also, you know, all of your insecurities are on display. And then when you add in um, any sort of submissive or dominant uh, traits, there needs to be a greater level of trust because it's not just sex anymore. Now you're incorporating like danger. Um, so, you know, if somebody says they like this or that and you say, okay, uh, I will do that with you. And then you, you, you agree on like, okay, this is as far as we can go or not or whatever, or we'll push it. But if you say this word known as a safe word, it stops, everything stops. Um, so that way you're both in it together. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times, even when people with, with, um, like what people call rough sex, people assume that whoever's more submissive in that scenario is, um, they're the most vulnerable or the most intimate when this is certainly not true. I mean, it's, it's equal, but there's tremendous intimacy and vulnerability on both sides. Even if you're the dominant person in order, unless you're an actual, you know, shitty person and you don't give a fuck about that person. But like, um, you know, to you're walking down a road together. So there's a tremendous trust that neither of you will hurt the other one for real. Um, but anyway, this ex-girlfriend, she would, you know, ask me to do certain things. And as I'm doing them, it didn't feel like, like are you sure? this? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's all good. Keep going. But then after, she would um, act like I actually hurt her. Like she would, and I would keep stopping during, like, hey, are, are you sure you want this? Yes. Okay. But then afterwards, like say the things I did that she asked me to do as if they were terrible. It's awful. It's, it's tremendous um, manipulation and, and abuse. Um, so anyway, I don't know where the fuck <laughs> I was going with all that. So in this movie, they uh, they touch on that too, not from a, I guess from a sexual standpoint too, but it's not like there's no real sex in the movie. Um, but they touch on that too. At, when the killer is inside the girl's body, he's constantly using that, um, to do horrible things and then cry like it's it couldn't be couldn't possibly be her him. So anyway, it's a good movie. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I like to like. I like how it's getting so much more common. Which is obviously there's a long way to go, but it's getting so much more common to see gay characters, to see non-white characters, to see. A more strong women character is getting so much more common and again it's not perfect by any means but it has come a long way hollywood has not been around that long and uh you know there is significant change just in, especially within the last let's say 10 years five years um so it's nice to see that you know there's a obviously you know non-white characters are often kind of boxed into being sidekicks uh, which is unfortunate that will change too. Um, but the two sidekicks in this movie are a gay white guy and a black girl. And um, they're great. 
so it's nice to see it and they don't make a big deal out of it. It's not like a swishy stereotype. You know, when you watch, especially movies from like the eighties and nineties, if you saw a gay character, they were like the most, um, cartoonish, stereotypical, like a caricature of a gay guy. Not to say that there aren't gay guys who are very, you know, swishy and, um, but that is certainly one very narrow sliver of a massively large population. And, uh, just like any other group of people there, it's a wide and broad spectrum full of, you know, tons of variety. And so anyway, it's nice to see, um, there's a gay character in this movie, uh, the, one of the best friends and he's great, really fucking funny. Um, and there's even like the love interest, which is not, is also not that big of a deal in the movie, which I love when they don't make it like, it's just, it's a horror movie, but it's just all about this love story or comedy, but it's all about this love story. Um, he's like a jock, but, uh, he's ultimately in love with spoiler alert, this girl. And while she's in Vince Vaughn's body there, there's a scene where the two of them are sitting in the back of a car talking and he's like now he's talking to Vince Vaughn but like you know the consciousness of this girl that he likes and um, he, he gets to a point he's like is it weird that I want to kiss you and they do kiss which I guess I guess they're I don't maybe they said it maybe they didn't I don't know but I guess this boy would have to be 18 otherwise there's all sorts of other issues going on there but they do kiss and it was um yeah, it's good. So, you know, they, they challenge the, the jock stereotype and there are jocks in here who are rapists and, you know, and they, they get murdered well, which is great. So it touches on all that. It, it's weird for such a, a seemingly innocuous, dumb horror flick um, that underneath it, there is like a lot of stuff to talk about, which is cool. So I, I do recommend the movie. It's, it was fun. Um, yeah. It was fun. Um, what else? It's uh, Monday. It's been five days, six days, five days since a domestic. I did. See, I hear. I heard. I read something where people were like, please don't use the word terrorist to describe these insurrectionists, these white supremacists, because terrorist is so synonymous with brown people. It, you know, it's making life harder for brown people, which I understand. And again, I have no stake in that because it doesn't, that word doesn't affect me the same way. So um, these fucking, let's just call them what they are. They're Nazis. When these Nazis stormed the castle, it's been the castle, the capital. Um, it's been, and, and, and let me be clear. They are Nazis because they're white supremacists and they're fascists. That's what the Nazi party was. White supremacist fascists. That, that's what these Trump supporters are also. And people argue, well, there are like black Trump supporters and, uh, you know, women Trump supporters and well, the women thing, but there are black, there are people of color and who support Trump. Yeah. They're severely misguided. It's fucked. And it's, it's, it's tragic to be brainwashed in a way that you would align yourself with people who hate you and would kill you 
if they knew they would get away with it. I, I, mean, I can't even imagine being a part of a group who, who counters, like if, you're, if you are black and you're in a group who's constantly protesting Black Lives Matter, I, I can't imagine the feeling that person has. Like they, they want to belong to something, everybody does, and this is the group that they're belonging to, but they hate you. I mean, what does that say about you? It, it's fucking tragic. Anyway. So it's been a week. Nothing's happened. I guess today, Pelosi and them introduced, I don't know, 123 articles of impeachment. And, uh, you know, for and the main one being uh, incitement of insurrection. That's the big one. And evidently, uh, the votes are there to... Um, or the support is there to vote on it, and they're going to vote on it tomorrow. The swift justice of the <laughs> U.S. government takes a week to get a, a treasonous cult leader out of the most powerful position in our country or the world after he tries to overthrow our own government. It takes a week to have a vote. It takes a week to have a vote. And it uh, looks like the... New York Bar Association is going to investigate Giuliani. It's like all of this stuff. I mean, great. Yes. Good. The The Dow is suspending all PAC contributions to Republicans who uh, supported like anti-election stuff. Great. Because that's all they care about is their fucking money. And their whiteness. But like, great. But all this stuff is so reactionary. It's just after the fact. Like it took, it took this cult... And a very aggressive and literal attempt to overthrow the government for people to be like, oh, I guess they're bad. Like, it wasn't bad when they're putting babies in cages and orphaning children at the border. It wasn't bad banning Muslims for no reason other than your hatred of brown people. It wasn't bad enough when... Black people were being murdered in the street and in their homes, unarmed, for doing absolutely nothing. And this group was cheering that on. It's not bad that they're transphobic and, and contribute to the harassment and murders of trans people across the nation. It wasn't, it's not bad enough that they don't care that almost 400,000 United States, I don't like saying Americans because America is not just the United States, but it wasn't bad enough when United States residents, almost 400,000 of them have died in the last fucking year because of the coronavirus, which they don't care to do anything about. That wasn't bad. It'll be half a million before it's over. That wasn't bad enough to do anything. They have to storm the Capitol building, murder police officers. Then people are like, oh, I think they're bad. <sighs> Parlor has is, is been uh, this app that they've all been using to, to communicate. Very 
alt-right app and that's where they've been organizing all their shit. And it's like, this has been known. Has anybody taken any preventative measures? No. But since, again, since the insurrection, now people want to look at it. Um, so the app is taken down. Every platform took it down. The big one being... Um, like it went off iTunes, it went off Google Play, but the big one being Amazon because they were hosting it, I guess. And uh, it's very unlikely they'll find any kind of hosting. It would be way more work to do that and you know, the owners of this piece of shit thing would be losing massive, amount, massive amounts of money to do that. But the good thing is hackers, before the app was taken offline yesterday, uh, hackers downloaded everything, all the information. So when you sign up, you, your name, your address, your phone number, your social security number, your, it, your, every, all your posts are geotagged. So your location on your posts is there. All of your posts are of course saved on servers. Even if you delete them, that's true for anything. Um, so they saved all that information that'll be turned over to the, uh, FBI department of justice, CIA, whomever handles all that. So there's that, which is good. We can track and find all these people. Hopefully that'll actually be done. And the FBI is trying to get a geofencing warrant for any cell phone that was inside or around the Capitol building on Wednesday. So these people literally cannot hide. Um, and that's all good. It is. However, to quote a great song from a great band, some of those who work forces are the same that burn crosses. You know, people are like, where the fuck were the cops when this was happening? Where was the National Guard? And, you know, it's the same reason you don't see Batman and Bruce Wayne at the same time. Or Superman and Clark Kent, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. There's a reason you don't see them at the same time. And it's even coming out now. Police departments across the nation are reporting that, yep, we are investigating a handful of police officers who were at the Capitol building involved in the insurrection. So I don't know. Schwarzenegger, former governor Schwarzenegger, um, gave a really beautiful speech. It's very moving. He was very personal. He shared this story about growing up in Austria. He was born in 1947, so it's just two years after the Second World War ends. And he shared like this really personal and touching account of being a child growing up at that time with a very abusive, alcoholic father. And he touched on something I'd never really considered, I don't think a lot of people have, that a lot of that alcoholism and abuse, and this is known, you know, with soldiers, people who deal with that, they often are abusive and alcoholics because of the things they had to endure. It's the amount of PTSD is intense and sometimes there's no way out. But he was talking about that was the case with his father and his neighbor's father and every father on the street because what they saw and or what they did was so horrible. They were part of a white supremacist fascist movement or they saw it and they can't you know weren't able to so he shared this really beautiful story and speech and i was so conflicted after that he starts talking about america and 
our ideals and how we're such a great country. And that's when I always get turned off in these speeches. Because people will talk about like, we can't, our democracy will hold and we're such a good country and we have these values, but globally we're a tyrant. We invade countries, we murder them, we commit genocide, we remove their leaders that are helping and we replace them with dictators who answer to us. This is why socialism always fails. Every time there's a socialist leader who's doing well, you look at Venezuela and other places as well, like we go in and we, well, first we put out a bunch of anti-whatever-they-are propaganda and then we go in, we murder them and replace them with a horrible dictator who will destroy the country um, but who ultimately will answer to us because we pay them. So it's tough. You know, I'm listening to this speech from Schwarzenegger and I'm thinking like, wow, this is such a beautiful speech and he's so impassioned and he's delivering it so well. The words are beautiful. And then it's just like so conflicting. It's like, yeah, but all the personal stuff, I got it. No, yep. And then you start going on about how great America is. And I'm like, we're not great. We are we are terrorists worldwide. We just ruin other countries. Not to say there aren't other bad countries. There certainly are. But we are the worst. We're the empire. I mean, you can't even... You can't truthfully argue any other point. Which is so weird. Like, we're not, obviously we're not taught that because we live here. Our, our schooling is propaganda. You know, it, everything is not just that. I mean, it, it runs in parallel with one another, right? Like America is the schooling. Like America is white and white nation and white people did all the best things. We discovered everything. We invented everything. But also that that is what America is also. Like it's a white nation, which is also not true. It's never been true. And that America does all the good things around the world. America invents democracy and all this shit, which is like, again, no, no, that's true. And upholds democracy and free speech and freedom and freedom and freedom and freedom. But we don't have freedom here and we make damn sure people don't have freedom in other places. So it's just a matter of like, reality is so much based on when and where you learn something. Your, your entire belief structure is based on when and where you learned it. Stories get altered over time. Facts get changed and after enough time, that becomes true. Look at anything, every, every religion, just look at Christianity as the biggest example of like an insane change where it's like, this is like bastardized versions of Egyptian and Nordic religions that we just, not we, but that people changed to suit them and written in fucking Hebrew and Aramaic languages people don't even understand now fully. Translated, you know, dozens of times. Things have been omitted, added, well after the fact. But enough time goes by and now this is true. So it makes you wonder like about 
everything, every anything about any historical story you've been told. How can you be sure about any of it? Enough time goes by, the lie doesn't exist anymore. That was just the last thing recorded. So now that's true. Interesting to think about. You know, that saying of like perception is reality is quite true. Even here, like our radical left wants like basic health care, like, you know, guaranteed health care, maybe universal income, the right to choose. But in like other countries, like whatever, Germany or a lot of the um, countries in the Netherlands, that's like their middle. Or even their right. So again, just based on when and where you are dictates your entire belief. And yet we still operate that you, that I'm absolutely right. No, I know, I know. You know, there's like 5,000 gods. You believe in one. I tweeted something the other day, but if you assume that you're right, there's a good chance you're wrong. Everybody so badly wants to be right. They don't want to understand. They just want to be right. It's insane. It's so good to have questions. But like people have answers based on nothing other than they want it to be true. You know? It's, it's fucking baffling. And you can always, not always, but a good indicator is when you're having a conversation some, with somebody and you say something very kind of well thought out or pose a very good question, the speed in which somebody responds will let you know whether or not they're willing to think about anything or change their belief or anything. If you pose a good question, like to Trump supporters, for example, if you say, okay, all of the, I mean, you don't even need to ask these questions anymore. We don't need to keep moving the line. Like, okay, if not, if that didn't do it, how about this? If that didn't do it, but that's where we are. So if you say to Trump supporters, okay, if after Wednesday, last Wednesday, your group storms the Capitol building, tries to overthrow the government, cops are murdered, they showed up with bombs and napalm and guns and zip ties, they were literally there to kill Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi. This is not speaking hyperbolically, they were literally saying, chanting, hang Mike Pence, calling for heads on pikes. They, again, they showed up with weapons and zip ties, they were going to murder people. And you go, how can you still support? And then they immediately answer, well, because of blah, blah, blah. they're not interested in listening at all. They, they don't want to think differently. They don't want to change. They don't want to acknowledge their choices or their behavior or their decisions. They don't want to. They can't do it. When somebody says something, you should listen to it. Even if you ultimately don't agree, take a second and think about what they said. I'm not perfect at this. Definitely not. I can be very aggressive and um, stubborn and bullheaded with when I'm passionate about something. And I would say five or six years ago, it really dawned on me that that's 
how I was. And I've worked since then with every conversation and I don't always succeed, but I've worked to change that because that's not who I want to be. When I think about a, a good, strong, smart man, that's not him. So I've worked to change that. So, you know, I don't know. It's it's just nuts, man. It's nuts. I It's hard it's hard to even fathom. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's it. Um If you enjoy listening, please rate and review on iTunes. Take a second um, you know, if you're on iTunes, you're already here. Just go ahead and, and rate and review, please. And it helps. What that does is it um, bumps me up in the algorithm, so uh, more people will see this uh, in their you know feed if they're browsing for podcasts, and I might pop up, get more people listening. Same thing on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Um, it does the exact same thing. It bumps me up in the algorithm, so I get uh, exposed to more people. I would appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, that'll do it. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're watching, I think that's all I wanted to talk about. All right. I'll see you guys uh, next Tuesday. Peace. Peace.